Well, good morning. It's so good to be here with you, uh, to be gathered together with, with our family here at Lake Street and to have this time set aside that we can be together and worship God and praise God and study from His Word. And it is just so encouraging and uplifting for me to, to be here with you. As many of you know, we were away this week uh, in Georgetown at the gospel meeting there, and I want to pause for a moment to thank you all so much for your prayers uh, for me and, and for the work that was going on there at that time. It was a, a very beneficial meeting for, for me, uh, and, and I just am, am so very thankful that I have uh, such a, as, as I said, a strong family behind me praying that the work uh, that, that goes on is uh, beneficial. As we've been studying this last uh, several weeks, we've been looking through this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8, through 8, where we've been reading about growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and building the character of Jesus Christ in ourselves. And we've observed that if we're going to be doing so, we will begin with a foundation of faith, a foundation of trust in Him. And we will add to that foundation, as we talked about in, in class this morning and discussed in, in great detail, foundations and the importance of a strong one, if we want to add to that foundation, we need to begin building with virtue, with a pursuit of, of excellence. And then we need to manifest all that by increasing our knowledge regarding God's will, regarding His for us, and regarding His plan for us to be saved. And we need to add to that grace, self-control, the mastering of one's desires and passions. That's what we've discussed leading up to this lesson today. We've discussed faith, virtue, knowledge, and self-control. And in our text, we noted uh, in, in 2 Peter 1, 5-8, that there is something that we add to each one of these. And so, yes, to self-control, there is something that we add. It is rendered in the New King James, perseverance. The King James renders it patience. And actually, I believe the New King James renders it patience as well. Excuse me. Um, and the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, renders it steadfastness. Now what comes to mind when you hear these words? As, as, as Joe pointed out in the announcements, make sure you pick up a bulletin. Not only because Carl puts a lot of hard work into that, but because I don't know if he was reading ahead or just circumstantially it happened to, to fall, upon, uh, fall upon this, but his bulletin is about endurance. And a lot of the things that he has in that bulletin are going to be very good uh, to go along with this lesson today because that's, that should be something that we think of when we think about steadfastness. We think about being in it for the long haul. But how does that relate to self-control? And we are adding steadfastness to self-control. Um, and we have this idea that we are to be bearing up. We are to be bearing up and, and supporting ourselves in this in this race that we run. And that's, that's the idea that we're going to be looking at this, uh, this morning, is this idea of bearing up. Even when we fall underneath trials, we fall underneath temptation. Are we going to persevere as a, as a Christian in our life? Are we going to hold fast and persevere? So to begin this study, we're going to look at the definition of perseverance. And what I want to notice is the Greek word that is used there, and I, I tried to figure out how to say this word I didn't really do a great job of it. Hoopamoni. <laughs> uh, that, that's the best I could, I could just, uh, uh, pronounce that. The Greek word here literally means to abide under or to survive under, to, to, to be strong under stress. 
It means, uh, strong defines it as a word that means a cheerful or hopeful endurance. And it implies suffering, enduring, and waiting with determination. But I want to, what I want to notice about this word, it is more than just a passive virtue. In the passive sense, it, we would think of uh, bearing up or, or enduring or, or, or being steadfast. In a passive sense, we would maybe think of a ship. A ship as the waves and the wind beat against it and attack it, its anchor holds fast and keeps it secured, keeps it from, from being pushed backwards. And that is, that is really a good, a good view of this word in a passive sense. But there's also an active sense as well. In an active sense, it would be like that same ship in the same storm with the winds and the waves pushing against it. But instead of having the anchor down, they have pulled anchor and they are moving forward. They are, they are not being, uh, they're being still, but they are making progress and pressing on towards their destination despite the obstacles. See, it involves more than just a bear and grin it sort of attitude. When it comes to our, our trials and our difficulties, we need to bear up with an even mind. We need to endure in all things. And we need to persevere. And we see an example of that in Jesus. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Here we read, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and, uh, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When we, when we look at Jesus and His endurance and how He was bearing up under trials, we see Him moving forward. We see Him not, not content to be still, but to press on in God's plan and God's will for Him. He was strong in His endurance to see that race, to see that fight through to the end. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Likewise, we see Paul exemplifying this sort of endurance. 2 Timothy chapter 3 in his letter to Timothy, verses 10 and 11, says, Now you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. He endured these persecutions. He kept going. He, he didn't stop where he was at, but he pressed on. And the Lord was faithful to take care of him and to rescue him out of his problem, out, out of his situations and his trials. See, perseverance is simply is not simply just bearing with trials. It's not just simply putting up with the trials. No, it is as we as we titled this lesson, it is bearing up. It is continually growing, even and despite the trials that we face. And it's a quality that's required of Christians. It's necessary for mature growth. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 4. We must allow patience, which is the same word that's used there in, 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 our, in our text. In Romans chapter 5 verse 4, the same 
Let's allow patience to develop into in us a mature character. Saying, and hope does not disappoint because of the love, excuse me, verse 4, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. As we read in verse 3, where I apologize, I should have started, it says, not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Our trials, if we're to have mature growth in our Christian life, we need to be building up and allowing patience to develop that character in us and to be able to bear that fruit with patience. Turn over to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. It says, But the seed in the good soil... These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. So oftentimes when we, when we think of the, the parable of the sower, we just kind of stop there and think that we need to have that, that good soil. And that's what we need to have. That's what we learn from that. But that good soil isn't just hearts that accept the word. It's hearts that accept the word and, and learn from it and hold on to it so that they can be patient when trials come their way and that they can be in that, in that fight for the full length. They can be in that race to see the finish. We see that the, the, nece- the necessity of patience and of endurance, bearing up under trials, is there for mature growth. We also see it is necessary for us to endure these trials. Turn over to 2 Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, we read in verse 4. <clears throat> It says, therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. They were being praised here, the, the, the Christians from, from Thessalonica. They're being praised because of their endurance and their perseverance that they had shown to, to be able to hold up and stand up against the, the great persecutions that they were facing. And in fact, James talks about in James chapter 5, verse 11, that it was, it was this. It was this endurance, it was this, uh, this patience that helped Job endure all the trials that Job faced. We look at the many trials that he faced, the loss of his family and of his, his financial security, the loss of, of, of all that he had really, but it was the patience that he had and the endurance and the hope that carried him through. So it is very necessary, if we seek to endure the trials that are going to come with this life, to to build up in ourselves this perseverance. And we also see that it's necessary to receive eternal life. In Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 verse 7, says to those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. What we see in, in Romans 2 is that it, it takes patience. It takes a dedication to doing good and to, receiving etern- to, to receive that eternal life. But that, that dedication to doing good is something we, we are in and, and we are not going to give up on anytime soon. We are going to not only have self-control to do that which is right, but we are going to practice that perseverance, add that perseverance or, or that patience or endurance to our self-control so that we will continue on. Despite when things are hard, despite when it's, it's not easy to do what's right and to do good things, we are going to press forward. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 
goes on to say that we must have patience to receive the promise. Hebrews 10 and verse 36 says, For you endurance, so that God, you may receive what was promised to you. So if we hope to grow, and if we hope to endure difficulties, and if we hope to eventually receive the promise of eternal life, we have to add this quality of perseverance to our character. But how exactly do we do that? How do we add that, that quality? In developing it, we have to understand that there are right and wrong elements to developing patience and perseverance. Romans 15 and verse 4 tells us a little bit about the, the use of, of the Word of God. Romans 15 verse 4 says, starting verse 3, For even Christ did not please Himself, but it is, it is written, The reproaches of those who reproached you fell upon Me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. So we see the Word of God provides patience, and the Word of God provides hope. A strong hope which helps us to wait eagerly. I'm going back to Romans 8 just a little bit. The Word of God creates a very strong hope in that helps us build up that perseverance and wait, and, and not just wait it out as if we're waiting uh, with, with dread and, and, and just are, are, are unsure. You know, when, when we, sometimes a big storm comes over and we, you're gathered in your basement and you're just down there and, and it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not for sure how this is going to end and I just can't wait for this to be over. That's not the kind of perseverance and waiting that we have as Christians. Romans 8 and verse 25 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. We are excited. We are excited in our perseverance to receive that which we know is coming to us. And God's Word builds up that excitement and builds up that perseverance in us. We also see, as we have seen with many of these, that it's not God's Word alone that is going to get us through. But we also see the importance of prayer. Turn over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 11 <clears throat> says, Strengthening with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of steadfastness and patience and joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. What was going on here, Paul was praying for these people that they would receive this. We need to be praying that we can be strong, that we can persevere, that we can endure and ask God that even when tribulation and, and trials come upon us, that we will have the perseverance to press through and that it understand that those tribulations will increase that perseverance, will increase that endurance, and that it will prepare us for even stronger and more per trials and tribulations that might follow. It's almost as if we are on the sea and, and wave after wave is coming in. But with each wave that crashes, if we put our hope and trust in God, that wave goes by. It moves on. And behind it, we know another wave is coming, but we know I'm a little bit stronger because I've put my faith and trust in God. And I can take each one of those waves. And even if one of them comes through and it's, it's just this massive, massive trial, this massive problem that's headed my way, I'm going to persevere because I've looked back at my life and I've been studying God word and seeing that he he got all of his people through the trials of their lives and i've been praying to god that he will give me perseverance and endurance and i have seen in my own life the little things that he's brought me through i can know that these big things ahead he's going to carry me through those as well what that means is we need to have the right sort of 
perspective. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Read with me verses 1 through, through 4 now. We already read verses 1 through 2. Let's just go ahead and pick up at verse 3. As we have read, we need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we, we think of the joy that, that was set before Him, as it said, to endure the cross, to despise the shame, uh, and, and to set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In verse 3, For consider Him who has endured such hostility by sinners against Himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, and you're striving against sin. When we see that, we see, look at Jesus, and look what He did. That's the key to running the race set before us. To consider Him who endured such hostility. The things that Christ put up with, not because, not because He deserved it. As, as Jim read for us as we partake of the Lord's Supper, we looked at Him and we, and we say He was stricken and He was smitten because of His rebellion. No, because of our rebellion, because of what we did, He was beaten and spat upon and mocked and, and, and scourged and crucified. And He endured the terrible, terrible hostility that He faced. It really should cause us to have the right sort of perspective, to look inwards a little bit and, and question whether or not we should really grumble or even consider giving up for the small things that we oftentimes are faced with. The small tribulations and trials that, that tend to knock us off our path. When we consider what He went through for us, it should help us to see that we can do this because it is through Him that we are strengthened. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 gives us another place to look for and another perspective to have. <coughs> Verse 10 says... As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, who count those blessed who endured, or excuse me, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Again, we have this incredibly important, and we'll talk more about this this afternoon, this incredibly important book of work called the Old Testament. And while it contains a law that we are no longer under, it contains many examples that build us up and strengthen us. And look to the prophets of old. And look to the things that they endured and the troubles that they faced. And the examples of their steadfastness. How they wouldn't waver, but they would continue to move forward in God's plan and to speak God's Word boldly. But that they were, and they, they were patient and they were enduring all the different things that were faced in their lives. When we consider that, our excuses for, for a lack of perseverance, our excuses for failure to, to bear up under trials, they oftentimes become silly. They start to become foolish. When we really start to step back and look at what's been done in the past, we run out of excuses very quickly. In Hebrews chapter 11, read with me verse 32. Through 38, it says, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, 
Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrections, and others were were tortured, not accepting their release so that they may obtain a better resurrection, and others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wanderings in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, and all these having gained approval through faith did not receive what was promised." Because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. We look at everything that they went through. All the things that happened, it really helps us kind of look around at our problems and go, you know what? I'm not getting thrown into a fiery furnace. I'm not getting sawn in two. I'm not being fed to the lions. And yes, there, there are people in this world who face very dangerous persecutions, and there are very real and big persecutions and tribulations and trials that we will have to face. But we can always look to them and say, you know what? They had it really bad too. In fact, they actually had it a lot worse than me. And they bore up under trial. They stood strong and they pressed forward. Then we also, we've seen that we can look to Jesus. We've seen that we can look to the prophets of old, but we never forget that we also have each other. And look to one another. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. It says, Take care not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our insurance firm until the end. There, <coughs> excuse me. There is an importance between behind looking at one another and encouraging one another to be uh, and, and to aid one another in being persistent. We look to one another and see when someone maybe has a, a real trouble in front of them. And we are encouraging them to do the same things that we've just talked about. Look to Jesus. Look to the prophets. Be faithful. Be strong. Get through this trial. And as they do that and they come through the trial, guess what we begin doing then? When someone else is facing their problem, you say, look at them. They did it. Why? Because they looked at Jesus and they looked to the prophets and they looked to God but we start to encourage one another by the problems that we get through and we get through together and we get through with God's power. We exhort one another and we do that on a daily basis. That means we really need to know one another. And to get to know one another, we really have to be here. That really brings Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 into a better understanding and a better light. When we understand that is the purpose behind those passages in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, saying, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We understand the purpose behind those words is not to beat somebody over the head because they weren't here, but to show somebody the importance of being here because we build one another up. And we give one another, we give one another perseverance. And we help one another whenever we are, when we are down, 
When we are being tread upon by Satan, we have our brothers and sisters, our family, that is saying, I'm right there with you. I've been in that fight before, and I'm standing beside you, and I've got my sword, and I've got my shield, and we're going to fight this together. There is an importance to being here at every opportunity that we have, not because we get to mark down a, a, a mark on an attendance sheet, because we get to mark down a family member and a friend as our co-fighter, as our, as our comrade that is standing in arms with us saying, I'm here to help. I'm here to encourage you. And we need to look at life as well. And we need to look at it with a positive attitude. Turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, the first three verses, says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's the first four verses, excuse me. But what we need to see is that trials in life and these problems that we have, they are our betterment. And yes, that's very hard to see when we're in the midst of them. When that wave is crashing on top of us, it's very hard to see that this is good for me. But it is. Because through them we are molded. Through them we are made into what God would have us to be. And that needs to be our prayer. As we go throughout these trials and temptations, We need to go through them saying, make me and mold me, God, into what you would have me to be and to rejoice and and glorify God in those tribulations. Turn back over to Romans. Romans chapter 5. So I'm reading verses 3 through 5. It says, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation uh, brings about perseverance, as we read before. Perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I didn't realize I put that one in there twice. But the th- thing is, that passage teaches us a very pal- powerful lesson. That through our tribulations and, and through these times when we have the ability to show our perseverance, we are created. We are molded. We are formed by God like we are being torn apart and when it feels like we are being crushed we need to realize that that's how growth happens whenever you you go to the gym and you lift a weight if you are going to grow your muscle that weight or that muscle has to be shredded it has to be torn and it is in the the rest period that that muscle grows stronger and grows bigger that's how our bodies work that's exactly how our spirit works when we are torn and are are beat down through these trials and temptations if we will persevere that time of rest will come and that time of growth when we look back and we see you look how dark that night was you look how bad that storm was but i'm still standing I'm still here. I've built my foundation upon God. I have faith in Him. And He has carried me through. But we also need to look to the future. Because, trial, because trials, as we look through in the past, we, we will see that m- most of our trials, if not all, were short. And they were light. And they are definitely 
short and light when we compare him to an eternity and the eternal weight of glory. For those who persevere over in Revelation chapter 2, we see that's exactly what waits for us. Revelation chapter 2, verses 25 through 29. It says, Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessel of the potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the churches, uh, Spirit says to the churches. We see him talking here in this passage about one who overcomes. And all these things that he says, this figurative language that he's talking about, the authority over the nations and the rule with a rod of iron, you're going to be victorious. You are going to, to succeed if you will overcome. You are going to receive that which he promises, that hope of, of eternity with him. In chapter 3 and verse 1, says to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars say this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. We need to make sure that we don't end up and that we are not going to, uh, and we are going to commit ourselves not to be like the church that was in Sardis, but that we are going to be alive, that we are going to be thriving. And to do that, that means we have to be moving forward. We can't be content to stop. We certainly can't be content to be pushed back. We have to continue moving forward despite the, the troubles that we might face. And if we are doing so, and if we are looking to the future, we will not only not be short-sighted and not be blinded by the tr trials that are around us, but we will be filled with that glorious sight of heaven, the promise that we have to receive. And lastly... I'd like to think a little bit about how we demonstrate our perseverance. How we demonstrate our endurance. Because it is required in trying circumstances. There are times when remaining active in the Lord and remaining active for the Lord is a very difficult thing. Times when we might have a very lingering suffering. Something that just doesn't seem like it's, it's ever going to go away. And we've been dealing with it for a while. Times when we are filled maybe with, with grief or we are facing an illness. In these times, many, it, it's, it's very tempting to make disappointments and loss and grief, to make these things excuses for turning our backs on God and to walking away and shirking our duties to the Lord. But if we are going to truly demonstrate perseverance, we must continue to press on. We must be continuing to move forward in doing good and doing the work for God because we can work for Him. We can work for Him in any situation. I'm reminded of, of a, a story I heard of a woman who was laid up in bed and she couldn't get out of bed. She, she was, was physically bound to that bed, but every day, every day she prayed for the work that others were doing. Every day she prayed for the needs of others. She spent so much time in prayer. That is an example of someone who even when, when the troubles come upon them, that, that for most of us would say, you know what, I can't do anything. I can't do anything at all. I am, I am so ill that I can't even get myself out of bed. She said, there's still something I can do. There's still some way I can be active. 
And we all need to have that attitude to be looking for what can I do to be active for the Lord. But not only is it required when times get tough because of trial. As I've said before, it's required when times get tough because of temptations. It is needed when, when faced with earthly delights, with earthly pleasures and, and the seductions of this world. These distractions are just as dangerous. Turn over back over to Luke chapter 8. Back over in Luke 8 again, again in verse 14. <clears throat> We see the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. It is a very real danger that distractions can take us away um, and, and be just as dangerous and just as detrimental as tribulations. So just as the dark clouds of trial uh, can, can render us inactive, so can the dazzling lights of temptation, the bright, uh, pleasing lights that look good to us, they can blind us from what is really best and can render us useless. Perseverance involves the idea of bearing up, of being strong under trial and pressing on. Not just content to, to hold our ground, but to continually taking steps, even if they are small, to continually be moving forward in Christ. They are important in times of tribulation. They are important in times when troubles press upon us. And they are important in times when temptation comes upon us. We must turn our backs to the world and turn our backs to our problems and realize that God stands right in front of us wanting to help us through. In one sense, in one sense, it's an extended version of self-control. Self-control is a daily exercise. Self-control is something we do every day. When we wake up, we are going to, to control the thoughts that we have and the actions that we do. Perseverance takes that daily exercise and says it will be the same tomorrow. It'll be the same next week. It'll be the same next month. I am committed to taking this self-control and pressing on. That is why we must add perseverance to our self-control. Are we living the Christian life with perseverance? I pray that we will, we will with great patience in Christ, press on to that goal. And I pray as we, will, as we want to turn to one last passage. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I pray that we will heed the admonition given here by Paul to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. <clears throat> when he says, But flee these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. I pray that we will pursue, we will chase after, we will make it our intention to catch and to have endurance and patience. As we develop that in our lives, we will continue to grow. We will continue to be useful to the Lord and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you want to go ahead and take out your songbooks, in just a second we are going to sing number, number 501, Psalm 51. 
In the first, the first verses of this song, we read, God, be merciful to me. On thy grace I rest my plea. In thy fast abounding grace, my transgressions all erase. Wash me wholly from my sin. Cleanse me every ill within. As we sing these words, as we, we think about the life that we have is a life that is given to us by grace through God. The strength that we have is strength that is given to us by grace through God. We have so much that we, that we would not have if it weren't for the fact that we serve a an awesome and a gracious God. And our salvation is a byproduct of a gracious God. We have salvation through faith because of grace. A faith that leads us, as we said before, to add virtue to our lives. Virtue to do His will. To be obedient to Him. To, as Romans 10 10 tells us, to confess Him in our lives. In the way that we live each day, confessing that I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And I believe He is more than just my Savior. He is my Lord. And He will dictate. And the decisions I make are made because I believe in Him. And we will turn away from this world. From the temptations and, and, and the trials that swell up in our lives. We will turn our backs on those. We will turn our hearts to God. And we will be baptized. 1 Peter 3.21 tells us we will go down into that water and allow the, 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 the magnificent miracle that, that we see through the blood of Jesus wash away our sins. If there is some way this morning that we can help you in that way to begin your walk with Christ, or if you have already begun so and have realized that I have not been bearing up under trials, I've not been persevering, but I want to, and I'm ready, and I realize that I'm here with a family. And that's what we desire us, each one of us to be, just a member of our family in God. If that's your desire this morning, won't you please come forward and let it be known as we stand and sing.